Bloody Elbow presents the sixth round post-fight show, which gives you a rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on this weekend's UFC event. Hey everybody, welcome back to the sixth round post-fight show with me, Zane Simon, and my co-host, as always, Eddie Mercado. Eddie, welcome back. I hear you 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 were you had some bad grog on your latest sailing voyage. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I ended up getting food poisoning. So last well, Saturday, I just, no, it wasn't. I, I I'm pretty good about you know keeping my orange intake up, my vitamin C levels high. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was rough, man. Coming from both ends, I completely missed the John Jones fight. Um, full credit to my girlfriend though for cleaning up after me. She's the real MVP. Yeah, no kidding. I would have, I would have just like left you with a bucket and a sponge. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have even done that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I managed to not die though, so that's good. Uh, yeah, that's that is good. We're we're very glad that you're not dead and back with us. And even if you did have to miss John Jones and Alexa Grasso and all the other great, wonderful, amazing, once in a lifetime, never to be experienced oh, live up, action. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, are we? Can we drop f bombs again? Yes. Is, is that a thing? Yeah, you no, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfucker. Even if you missed all that, at least you got to come back for actually another really cool, fun card. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. A lot of upsets, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of cool f- finishes. Um, some, man, Merab. Yeah. What, he looks unstoppable. He looks like the champion. It you is know, this really tragic that he and Aljamain Sterling are such BFFs. Because, I mean, we've, we've seen other training partners fight before. It's not like it's unheard of to have two guys fight from the same gym. But you just know that fight will never happen. No. And I'm, I don't need to see that fight. Yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly content with Aljo losing the belt, going up to featherweight, doing his thing there. And sure. Marab getting, getting his day in the sun at 135. Because I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you think Cejudo's going to take it, or do you think he's just going to? I do. Yeah, yeah, I no, I do. Yeah, okay. I think I think so. Yeah, I, be... I think he's a he's just a, a a better a more complete fighter than Aljo. He's got better stand up, and if it's even remotely close in the scrambles, I still edge Cejudo just in the in the damaging he, strikes alone. So he's got a big he's got a big advantage in the in the cringe factor, which is really tough considering. Surprising. Yeah, considering Aljo, I mean, you know, that's sort of it's it's like, uh, you know, you see Max Holloway out there and you're like, who can beat Max Holloway? And then Volkanovsky comes along. We got so we got Sterling out there with a ton of cringe and you're like, man, who could take that from him right now? And then out of nowhere, Henry Cejudo pops back up. and You're like, man, the king is here. The king. Triple C. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, but um, I mean, Cejudo and Murab sounds fantastic. Like, him sure, and O'Malley yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Him, him being able to dominate Peter Yawn. Yeah, I mean, this is honestly the first time I've ever seen someone truly beat Peter Yawn that yeah. wasn't Peter Yawn. No, yeah, it's. Uh, I did not think this would happen. I figured a Murab would not be able to hold uh, Yawn down. Couldn't. That was very true. He, right. he wouldn't 
take his back the way that Sterling did to really control Jan. That was sort of the thing with Sterling is that he's such a great back taker that even if he didn't get takedowns, he got back takes. Right. And Dvalish, Dvalish really, he had his share of back control body locks, but he didn't spend a lot of time with his hooks in on Jan at all. No, and you have to you have to credit Jan for that. I mean, his yeah. anti-wrestling was as good as you could probably hope for against yeah. Murad. It was perfectly on point, but the pace of it all, the low kicks that Jan did not adjust for early enough, he just he took enough tools away from Jan that by the time Dvalishvili's wrestling started to be less effective and less controlling, he was he still ha- he Jan was worn down enough that Dvalish really was winning the striking exchanges. You know, like I I know I'm on an island here. I I can even check the uh, the MMA decisions, and I I I think I know what I'm about to see. I am the uh, only person to score a 49-46 Dvalishvili. Because hmm. I gave Jan the third round, I thought was a round where Dvalishvili was especially ineffective. And yeah. Jan landed heavier shots. Now, I'm not saying I'm right because it was, you know, Dvalishvili still outlanded 2 to 1, 15 to 8. It was just the least, you look at all the rounds, and it was the least active Dvalishvili. And I, you know, I thought, uh, what? I think Jan's landing the better shots here, whatever. One round for. Have you been drinking, Zane? Are you on on the sauce? I, you know, look. I I love Peter Jan. I love me some Peter. Okay. I I know. (laughs) Uh, I I know I'm on an island. He lost every single round tonight, man. I know I'm on an island here. What I'm saying is, even if that third round was Jan's best and Dvalishvili's worst. Every round after that, Dvalishvili just, he came back and he he took everything else from Jan. He outstruck him, he outwrestled him, he outworked him, he outhustled him, everything. You know, yeah. there was no point at which Jan actually stole any momentum in this fight for even a second of it. Yeah, and that, that was, that's what's so beautiful about this performance performance is the way Mirab was blending his striking and his wrestling and he had he Peter didn't know what was coming at him he didn't know if he was supposed to be defending the takedown or defending strikes and that resulted in a lot of you know perfect entries into the takedowns but it also resulted in a lot of hard strikes being landed flush unblocked unobstructed and Jan just had to eat him because there were so many inputs coming at him. And, you know, everyone always praises Jan for his ability to, you know, dissect a fight in real time. And as mm-hmm. the fight goes on, he solves the the mystery. Yeah. But at no point did he have a half a second to even think about what was going yeah. on. Not there was no So he did the best he could to solve it by stuffing the huge majority of shots he faced. You know, he faced... Oh, 49 takedowns, and <laughs> he stuffed 38 of them, you know? Yeah, and yeah that's phenomenal. He, he had, he barely, he you know, he had one round where he gave up more. 
significantly more than a minute of control time in that whole fight. Yeah, I mean, that's damn impressive. It is. He did the right, he had the right reads, he made the right moves, but he could not keep pace. He just couldn't. And he couldn't keep pace while making those reads. It was it was impossible. Yeah, such an avalanche of offense coming at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a very, you know what this really was, now that I think about it, this is a very uh, prime Colby Covington kind of performance from Mary Abdullah's Philly. Okay. You know, that's fair. Like Very Colby fair. beating Robbie and beating like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dos Anjos and fights like that, where he just, you know, people could he didn't necessarily take people down and hold them down a bunch. He even got taken down in some of those fights, but he would just pour so much offense on people with so much to think about all the time that. They couldn't do anything with it. And that was this fight for Devos Billy. Yeah, so. It was a master, a masterpiece was painted. Uh-huh. Yeah, Devos Billy, man, he is, I mean, he's probably, might be the best band away on the planet. Yeah. Really, yeah, um, you know, he's got to be in that conversation. He was, what was he? Uh, ranked like third going into this, or um, he's ranked yeah number th- number three, number four overall. He just beat number two, and as you said, it's the most definitively anybody's beat Peter Yan. It's the only time where you can really point out and be like Yan was not close in that fight. Yeah, the only time, and the only people in front of Jan, Sean O'Malley and Aljamain Sterling, they couldn't do that. They can't say that. They both have wins over Jan, but they were not definitive, un, you know, unabashed, clear-as-day wins. So, yeah, you want to make an argument that, that Merab Dvalshvili is the best band of weight in the world right now? That's, that's a strong argument to make. Yeah, he's... he's uh, and he's, he's such a personality, too. He, he's, He's got entire country, maybe not the whole country, but a lot of a lot of Georgians rallying mm-hmm. behind him. He's got the makings to be a star. He's a lot of fun. Um, doesn't exactly finish people. No. So no. there's always going to be those people, you know, crying those woes. But he's dominating everybody. So I don't know. Yeah. It, that was I, like you say, you know, the uh, Cejudo fights out there. Sterling, and if Sterling wins that, then the O'Malley fight is out there. And those, you know, there's no reason to think that Aljamain Sterling is just going to be like a forever belt holder. So it could very be, be very soon, as you as you put earlier that. Dvalshvili is going to be in title contention, even if he is has no interest at all in fighting his long-term friend and teammate. Yeah, I mean, even in the octagon, they kind of, or, or Dvalshvili alluded to Aljamain moving up yeah. as if they already had this kind of conversation. They already Sterling know. has said, he has claimed that he would drop the belt to move up to featherweight for Dvalshvili. That's insane. I can't ever actually think of anybody doing anything like that. You know, people have talked about like, oh, DC left heavyweight so he wouldn't compete with Kane, but DC wasn't the champ at the time. 
like dropping a belt so that your friend can win it is, you know, that is your whole. They must, like, be, they must be best buds. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's some. Are they blood brothers? What's going on yeah. here? Are they in a fraternity? Did they have to do some weird initiations to get in, and <laughs> like a life oath kind of thing? I would. Any organization that has Chris Weidman as a central like core figure, I would not at all dismiss the idea of some seriously weird hazing rituals. <laughs> that dude right. looks like he would blindfold you and put you through some things. <laughs> Yeah, right. you're not you're not wrong. Yeah. So amazing performance from Dwaj really, um, really just highlighting the idea that, you know, pace is the modern MMA meta. If you can set a pace that people can't match, you are gonna win a lot of fights. Especially if you're yeah. you know, as as tough as Dwaj really is. The chin is Did we even did we even mention his his fucking gas tank? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, we didn't talk about his gas tank. That might be his biggest weapon. Uh-huh. Like his pace is probably only possible because he has that gas tank. Yeah. I mean, the man clearly lives to fight. You get every sense that everything, everything this guy does at any time is all about loving to be in competition and I think that's probably part of why his cardio is so good is because he's he seems like a guy who is never uncomfortable. He's never in a point in the middle of a fight where he's panicking, where he's having an adrenaline dump, anything. He can be pouring out all the energy in the world out there because he loves it, you know? Oh, he was smiling, having a great time. There was the yeah. moment in the fourth round where Jan had him up against the fence and Devalishvili's grabbing his ass smacking him on the ass like a la randy couture tito ortiz Mm -hmm. like he was sexually assaulting peter yawn out there (laughs) he did call hr that's a me too thing it's all right all right we're gonna move on took liberties that that's a good that's a good time for us to just move on let's (laughs) talk about alexander volkov alexander romanov Battle of the Alexanders, and um, not a battle, just an ass kicking. Um, yeah, I think Volkov has an E in his name, yeah, and Romanov doesn't, mm. and I think it's because Romanov ate it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that man looked. You know, we often talk about how you know, particularly at heavyweight, how you see guys often fighting their way into shape. Mm -hmm. I think Romanov might be the only case where a guy is fighting himself out of shape. I mean, he looked in better shape against Tybura, I thought. Like, I thought that was a more version of Romanov. He gasped. But he's, he's getting worse. He, he seems slimmer in that fight. In this fight, there was a very, very much a jello mold kind of feel to it. Like he really did, especially too, like coupled with, I, you know, and I hate to say it because it's so skin deep and I don't know, vain of me. But like coming out with like the shaggy grow out hair. And the, the 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 rolls in the gut, like he really looked like a guy who was not taking care of himself. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, like a grandma's boy feel. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he just looks sloppy. He looks yeah. insanely sloppy. And he had one takedown attempt in him. We should say Volkov it, did grab a, the fence to prevent it. There's you know a tiny bit of controversy there, but even even for that, fence grabs happen all the time in MMA. We can't pretend that that is like you know. Oh my God! I wasn't ready for the idea that I, if I tried to take him down once, he might do something like that, and that would just ruin me. You know, that really did seem like to be that moment of failure took everything out of him. Because I don't even know that he like I don't know if he got hurt. I don't know if the body shot kicks that Volkov was landing took something out of him or what. But the finish of that fight seemed much more like Romanov was just done. Then, yeah, like Volkov was knocking him senseless. I mean, I legitimately believe that Romanov was in such bad shape that he poured everything into that first takedown, and when he didn't get it, he was completely exhausted, just fatigued right there. That little 30 second burst, probably not even 30 seconds, however long that burst took for him to try that initial takedown and not get it, was long enough for him to gas himself out. Yeah, I I picked Volkov because I thought, you know, Volkov is a hard dude to put away. Guys like Aspinall and, um, oh, who was the other one who, and Lewis Lewis have done it because they are huge one punch, uh, they're, they're huge one punch artists and what, like one strike, you know, super fast dynamic fighters. But everybody else, even if Volkov is lost, you know, even dudes like Cyril Gaon and Curtis Blades have had to work him over for round after round after round. He's not an easy guy yeah. to, to hurt. So for me, it was just like Romanov is not any kind of dynamic one-punch artist out there. He's I, I got to pick Volkov to be able to rally back from Romanov getting tired. But even picking that, I did not pick it like sub two minutes tired. That was sub one <laughs> minute. That was one minute before Romanov was done. Yeah. And the other minute and 15 seconds was just him getting cooked and punched and beat on until the ref finally was like, okay, well, we got to stop this. Yeah. Like, I don't it was know not an what's going stoppage. on in his personal life. Yeah. No, our, our, our producer, no a late stoppage, if anything. Yeah. Our producer Romanov noticed had that, every chance. Our producer noted that apparently he decided he didn't feel like traveling for this fight, so he's just stayed home and did his whole camp in Moldova. And maybe that was it, you know? Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't have a good enough camp there around him to get him in shape. Uh, he's the big fish in that pond or something. But if that's uh, the case, this should be a wake-up call. Yeah, no kidding. That's This was bad. Mm-hmm. This is... This is the worst he's ever looked by yeah. far. Yeah, I mean, you can't, like I said, one minute and then a minute and 15 seconds of getting beat up to the point that getting stopped inside two minutes was not early. Felt late. <laughs> I mean, I hope beating Chase Sherman was not as ceiling. Yeah. Like, this is getting ugly quick. Yeah. So, really bad performance for Romanov for Volkov, though. Man looked great, looked fantastic, and uh, he's been working on his counter-wrestling a lot. 
if that includes the occasional cage grab, MMA is going to allow for that. Like, there's no reason that you shouldn't be training to grab the fence a little here and there if you're, whoa, if you're a pro whoa. fighter. I disagree. Why? I completely disagree, Zane. Because look at what Peter Yawn did in the main event, dude. Are you kidding me? He didn't grab the fence at all. And but look I'm at all the takedowns he stuffed. It's possible. Yeah, I'm not saying train fighting the takedowns, train getting up. Don't train grabbing the fence. That, you know, Turkali also grabbed the fence like 15 times. He lost, but he didn't get one point taken from him. Yeah, I mean, it's a, any kind of infraction like that where it's up to the referee's discretion whether or not he wants to deduct a point, there's going to be gray area. Yeah. But saying, hey, just train eye pokes, train ball shots, train fence yeah. grabs. We're done. No, Bruce Zane. Lee would do it. They love Bruce. These kids love Bruce Lee. Oh, come on. <laughs> the kids are disrespecting Bruce Lee. These young kids, have you had a conversation with these younger kids? No, I stay away from them. Those kids oh, are dude. crazy. Yeah, man. The disrespect. All right, all right. Uh, let's move over now to a catchweight bout. Was a light heavyweight fight. Got uh, bumped back. At, you, Nikita, you and Nikita Krylov got to stop eating from the same buffet. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we met at karate class and yeah. sushi or something. But uh, bout got delayed a couple weeks due to food poisoning and uh, bumped up to 215 pounds. And, uh, I, you know, Ryan Spahn, God love him, like he was ready to stop the takedowns of Krylov. It wasn't really the wrestling of Krylov that did him in, but he figured he could just grapple with him. And that was not a good idea. No, I mean, he was doing well at first, and it, it was pretty competitive. Um it's like a water ride. It just kept slipping slides back and forth and just real sloppy in a in a very fun kind of um, – it's like these scrambles shouldn't be this good, but they are kind of way. And the way Span just refused to win this fight was amazing. He was like, I don't want to lose this way. I want to lose by triangle. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw myself into it and then quick tap. Yeah, I mean he was – he, like I said, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't for like Nikita Krylov going out there and just hitting double legs and getting him off his feet. Spawn, like he, you know, Spawn wanted that fight on the mat with him. He dragged Krylov over the top of him and Krylov was on his back with his guard open and Spawn just jumped in it. It's like, great, I can dominate here now. And it really was a case of like every time he tried to chase Krylov on the mats he just got himself in trouble and you know krylov is not the cleanest most technical grappler out there but he is clearly he's clearly drilled a lot more and a lot better than ryan spawn and ryan spawn really walked himself into the loss there yeah I mean, credit to Krylov for being the smarter fighter out there and the higher IQ of the two. Um, Never thought you'd hear you'd you'd, be, you'd say those words. <laughs> the day has come, mm -hmm. um, but Krylov just really has come into his own with his grappling, and, and I love it. You know, it's a lot less of the the crazy funky kicks and a, a lot more of a just fundamental nuts and bolts game mm -hmm. that 
kind of it, it has a weird way of shining through the chaos that he creates because the fight's chaotic. I mean, it's a fight. This is a fight. Yeah. But he he just has a way for his grappling to just surprisingly, and I say surprising, it surprises me because I don't think of him as as a savvy grappler. But I mean, the man got von, he got von Flude, you know. Like. Yeah, but he's he's he, um, the savvy is natural with him. Like it's it's yeah the way he can be lethal on the feet. He's finding ways to be creative and and crafty with his submissions on the ground and boy the opportunity just presented itself and he took full advantage of it Absolutely. brilliant brilliant move like smart yeah. play that's and that puts him like right in the conversation in the top 15 you know we're gonna we have krylov now on four straight wins he took, talked about taking some time off maybe when he comes back um somebody like alexander rackets will be ready to go or well, three three straight three straight for him yeah is it three I thought it was four. Yeah. Uh, you got Span, Ozdemir, oh, you're and, right. You're right. Uh, and Gus. Yeah, three straight wins for him. But yeah, maybe when he's ready to come back, somebody like Rakic will be ready to go. Apparently after the fight in the post-fight presser, he called out Jan Blahovic. Jan doesn't have anybody lined up to fight right now, so, you know? Yeah, it's good to see. Um, uh, surprise! It's a it's a very pleasant surprise to see Krylov still around, mm-hmm. um, and getting better. Yeah, you know? yeah. Someday, I would love to see him fight Yuri Prochaska because oh, yeah. chaos. Like, spot, you know, Krylov. He may he may be the the more hittable of the two men. Not that either man isn't hittable, but he's been. He, he has one TKO KO loss on his record, and it was that wild, sloppy debut brawl against Soa Palele, heavyweight. And he's never been KO'd otherwise. So, you know, a fight against somebody like Prashaska, even if Prashaska had a big athleticism edge, would just be wild. Just a little reminder that you could support the MMA Vivisection, the MMA Depressed Us, and the sixth round post-fight show simply by going to patreon.com slash MMA Vivisection. With three different tiers ranging from $3 to $7, it's incredibly easy to show support to your favorite analysts, Zane, Connor, Eddie, and Phil. So if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider us. Thank you so much. Anyway, that brings us uh, down to a Bantamweight bout. Bantamweight's really got to shine on this card. Jonathan Martinez, Saeed Nurmagomedov, and uh, this was a really, I mean, I, you know, people had some controversy over the scoring. I personally scored it for Martinez, thinking Nurmagomedov might get the uh, get the judges nod. I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Um, but this was, uh, you know, this was a really, whether you score it one way or the other, this was a great showing from Jonathan Martinez. Yeah, it shows he he belongs at the top. He belongs. He's a ranked fighter. Period. Yeah, he's 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 that good. He's made um, big leaps in his career. Big ones. I, I think I, mean, I think the right guy won here. Yeah, Martinez just seemed to be the hungrier fighter who wanted it more. He showed up in the second. He was there in the third, and 
Nurmagomedov, excellent opening round, but after that, he looked insanely tired. And uh-huh. I, on the broadcast, they said uh, it might have been that elbow to the nose Martinez landed uh-huh. that could have broken it, which caused some breathing issues. But man, I, I think Martinez just really fought super smart and just leaning into the clinch. And wall install can be boring, but damn it, it is effective. And if you got an opponent who's gassing out, that's exactly where you want to put them and just c- continue to suck the life out of them, especially if they're such a flashy striker like Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I mean, you give him space, you're in trouble. You take that space away, at least you have a fighting chance. So I think I think Martinez did enough in the second for sure. I, I, I think the third was close, but I think Martinez just did the better work. And the later it went, too, the more his low kick started to be a huge a huge difference maker, too, where, like, you know, opening this fight, it really felt like Nurmagomedov was so much faster, trickier. Martinez looked a little lost in the headlights early, early on. Um, but by the end of the fight, you know, when they were even when they were out of range, Martinez was the one landing with the really hard kicks that were counting and being a difference maker. And, you know, Saeed was doing well to defend stuff to stop Martinez from having a lot of really dynamic offense or anything like that. They had some great scrambles, things like that. But, yeah, I felt Martinez was doing a lot more to to press and initiate his own fight. So, I mean, the third round was really, really close. Oh, yeah. Nurmagomedov did have the bag, did threaten with the rear naked choke, but the way Martinez just stood up from that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that almost looked like a hyperextended elbow. Mm-hmm. It might have been. Yeah, like, the right guy won this fight for sure. Yeah. I just think, you know, Martinez was attacking even when even when Said was able to control things or even when he was able to stifle Martinez. Just felt like Martinez over the last two rounds, he he created more dynamic, strong offense to me. So I was glad to see the judges reward it. A very close fight. And yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what Martinez can, if he can make more noise up the top of the division. It's going to be really hard, I think, for him to get any kind of big fight he wants. Like he called out Davis and Figueredo and Dominic Cruz after this win. And like, Mm-mm. I think you know if I if both of those guys are free, I would be less surprised if they fought each other than if they fought Don, you know Jonathan Martinez. Right. Exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. former champions—they've earned their clout. They've yeah. earned to be selective. Um, but I will—I mean, I think they're they're smart callouts. Even yeah, if he isn't going to get them, they're absolutely smart callouts. I would say, you know. Maybe the other call out to make is uh, go go for the uh, you know I know that I don't even think they are family but you know make it a make it a family affair and go with the other Nurmagomedov call out Umar ooh, you know ooh, ooh. you know I'm here for that right I am absolutely here for that winner gets winners in the top ten yeah yeah oh yeah all right. That brings us to another band and wait bout, Mario Batista, Guido Canetti. And uh, Batista, he fought smart. He did the smart thing, which is do not stand there and try and walk Canetti down and figure him out. Just take him off his feet. 
because <laughs> Canetti he hits so hard early in fights, and those the low kicks he did land on Batista clearly messed Batista, or, you know, already got in Batista's head. And oh, then he just had that that ta- that sequence he had to finish that fight from oh, that the suplex. back the back body triangle, letting that go straight into a suplex, straight into the rear naked choke. Like that is just such a beautiful chain. And yeah. this this whole fight was beautiful, honestly. Even mm-hmm. even Kennedy's involvement. The yeah. things he were he was doing out there was fantastic also. I mean, I like the fancy kicks. Um I, I like that he was able to get up. He got his own takedown. Uh, you know, he he was game. He tried, but Bautista did exactly what he should have done, and that's quickly submit this guy. And he did. I think he's uh, he gets one of my shining stars for yeah. this card. Bautista does. And I like the things he was saying on the microphone afterwards. He sounds very focused and, 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 and quite dedicated to making a run at the title. You know, yeah. will he ever get there? Maybe, maybe not. But he, from what I see, he definitely has everything you look for in a top anime way. Yeah, I mean, I know Martin, Jonathan Martinez's sights are, heads, are set higher right now, but I'd love to see Batista Martinez at some point. I'm, I'm sure they'll get it in soon, too. Yeah. They're, they're definitely on a collision course. Definitely. Uh, you know, Bantamweight is just such a fun division. Those The guys are in that – everybody in that division is so fun. Yeah, and and Bautista is a finisher. I, mm-hmm. I love that. It's, if if you can just be a little more potent than the rest of the field, that's really it's it it's that little margin that that can set you apart from mm-hmm. such a tight division. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. For that, we got a light heavyweight bout: Vitor Petrino, Anton Turkali, and um, this fight was not unfun. It was incredibly sloppy very much like a regional level light heavyweight fight but uh the fact that neither of them could actually grapple at all and both of them really wanted to do a lot of grappling made it a lot of fun well um yeah this was sloppy in the best Mm -hmm. ways fun in the worst ways uh (laughs) It was, I mean, highly as as competitive, uh, far more competitive, competitive than what the scorecards yeah. would would say. One judge giving you a thirty twenty six. I actually thought Tricoli might have won a round because he actually rocked Petrino in the second. I think. Yeah, at the end of it, and like you know, it's it was it was a very close fight all the way through. Petrino certainly hurt or hit Tercali hard a lot more than Tercali hit him. But mostly this fight was, like I said, it was just two dudes who were absolutely willing to spend a lot of time on the mat with each other who could not control even one position for more than 30 seconds at a time. Yeah, it's it's such a it's like someone someone was greasing them before they walked yeah. out or something. It was they're, it was insane. They're both trained. It was fun though. Like, yeah, they're uh, in uh, George St. Pierre. What? Oh, That's fine. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but this this was fun. I had a lot of fun, and I mean, Petrino 
he's he's raw, but I mean, I'm glad I got to see him, you know, lean into something other than his striking. I'm yeah. I'm glad I got to see him tested, and I'm glad I got to see him have to fight tired, he, like have to dig deep. I will say this for him: he is a hell. Not only is he a very good athlete, very fast, very dynamic, very powerful. He's a really well-conditioned athlete because Turkali put a pace on there and put out there and pushed him. And Petrino was, he was hitting dynamic sweeps and landing big punches well into the third round. Oh yeah. He was using the old, the classic reversal where you give your back and let them put a body triangle in and then you spin into into their full guard yeah oldest oldest trick in the book it's right right next to face blocking and (laughs) things of that nature prostitution and spinning (laughs) through the guard (laughs) it's the world's oldest profession come on true true anyway uh yeah fun fight that brings us to a heavyweight bout. Carl Williams, Lucas, Bur- Lucas, oh man, Dresky, I think is what they're, how they were pronouncing yeah, it. Dresky. Lu- Lucas Dresky. Uh, and one, like Petrino, credit to Williams because my first read on him after watching him on Contender Series and all that was like, okay, yeah, this guy looks like he's a good wrestler for heavyweight and i have no real faith in what that actually means because his fight so was at such a low level that you know anybody who can fight back at all might gas him terribly or anybody who can take his strikes and just hang out and be tough with him might be able to knock him out or whatever and bresky is much better seasoned than williams and Williams just went out there and was the athlete for three rounds. Yeah, this was hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. It was bad. It was a bad fight. But this was shit. This was it, the, the biggest slog I've seen in a while. Like, yeah. Just two two big guys leaning, just diving over one another. And it's really frustrating to watch this kind of grappling. And It was shit. I'm not going to deny that. But I will say that Carl Williams hitting a belly-to-back suplex in the second round after being horribly gassed at least gives me some hope of like, Oh, this guy has, he has dynamic tools that this could be a learning experience or something to build there. You know? Well, I was just glad I got a wow moment, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got something to put in the, as a highlight yeah, in, the, yeah. in the article, in the result post. Otherwise both these guys, Williams, he just, he needs season. He needs to fight a bunch of dudes at the bottom of the division like this. Because if he's going to improve at all, he just needs lots and lots of time. Yeah, he needs to go fight Chase Sherman or something in Florida, like uh, in a in a boxing ring. Yeah, no kidding. All right, that brings us to another bantamweight bout: Davy Grant, Rafael Santiago, and. An awesome fight that makes me just a little bit sad. I actually think that the... I know it kind of screwed us on tab, but I think that the referee's move in uh, taking the point and then resetting the position was fine, personally. Wait, resetting the position? 
Well, yeah, like resetting them in the in the middle of the cage, you know. Okay, okay, I see on the feet. Because yeah, yeah, because Grant was you know, Suntao was shooting in on Grant. Grant had essentially stuffed the shot by grabbing the cage, and the referee took Grant aside, took a point away, and then restarted them in the middle of the cage. And everybody was mad. Asante's coach, Eric Nixick, especially mad that they didn't also uh, give Asante access to, to Grant's hips again to restart. And I think the position at that point has already been compromised enough that, A, it's hard to restart and be like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to give Asante back a better version of that position because it was yeah, compromised. You can't do that. But yeah. You can't and, do that. And also taking a point is huge. Like, if, you know, Grant was, I think Asante was actually just uh, winning at that point. But, you know, it, it, with Asante up two rounds, all Asante had to do was survive and he gets a draw or he or he gets a, he gets a victory. Or even if like, Grant had been given another round, then all Asante has to do, then all Asante has to do is survive a beating to get a draw. You know, there's no getting getting a point taken away from Grant there. It's a really big punishment for a fence grab. And the you know the the unfortunate fact, and I'm a huge Asuncio fan for this. This is a very unfortunate thing for me to say is if you're in the third round of a fight and you're in tired enough and desperate enough straights that like not having absolute control over somebody for a minute is going to get you finished, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame anybody but you. Yeah. I don't see any fault um, in the officiating here. Yeah. Uh, uh, he probably could have stopped this fight a little bit sooner. So a sun Sal didn't have to hang out unconscious just without. Yeah. But that was a weird position too. I don't even, I, I don't blame care. It's, okay. it's, I don't care. It's not that uncommon. I mean, it's an inverted triangle. It's not yeah, like he tested his hands though, because he didn't tap, and he's testing the hand to see if he's moving the hand, and the hand didn't move after a couple of tests, so he stopped it. Like, maybe I it just it. felt longer for me in the moment. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I mean, a sunset. You, you got to respect him. He, like, yeah. he's he's such an OG. He's a veteran, probably the best fighter to never compete for a title. Yeah, uh, honestly, the best part is true journeyman. Real, I feel for the dude. He's been around for like, you know, fifteen years in MMA, and at least last I checked, and I can't imagine anything's happened to change that fact in the last like three years. But last I checked, a couple of years ago, he didn't even have a highlight reel on YouTube. Oh yeah, no. Um, he knocked out Matthew Lopez. He's got a couple of knockouts in there. There could be something. He's just not a fighter that makes anybody excited at all. Yeah, yeah. And and that's always been his thing. That's why yeah. he, he never really was in contention, despite going on these crazy winning streaks. Uh, despite he, having he wins always... two, two cha- over the current champ and over uh, former champ. Yeah, he's got some really great wins, but his style is just always has always been uh, not a fan favorite style. Yeah, the guy's he's you know a little boring. Yeah, but I mean, what a 
perfect um, journeyman career, though. And I mean that with all due respect, not shitting on the guy at all, you know, uh, what he's accomplished, you know, having that kind of longevity at this level. I mean, hats off to him. Good to see, yeah. you know, him him walking away from the sport and and almost win on his way out. You know? Yeah, he put up a great fight. He 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 really, you know, he fought to the best of his ability for a couple of rounds there. And Grant just went bananas. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> Grant went bananas here. That's Grant did the right fist. thing. Yeah. And for him to even pull off that inverted triangle the way he did, I mean, that was slick. Yeah, David Grant doing that like come that's on. a like picking Grant up over his shoulder and dumping him, and as Grant is getting dumped, he wraps up the inverted triangle. Man, David Grant has some of my favorite finishes. He's a lot of fun. All right, that brings us to a middleweight bout: Josh Fremd, Cedricius Dumas, and uh, it's pronounced Dumas. <laughs> and uh yeah this was uh you know solid performance for fremd a wake-up call i think for dumas who uh had some hype and seemed like he you know felt pretty highly that he was going to be making a run in the ufc and he's a good athlete he's strong and he's fast powerful but technically just clearly not ready yeah super raw very super raw very Greg Hardy-esque out there. Yeah, the, the kind of thing, too, where, like, I mean, because you watch his old fights, and I, this was a little surprise for me, and this one is you watch him on the regionals, and a lot of the ways that Dumas would win was out-wrestling and out-grappling people, and, like sweeping them after getting taken down, hitting his own takedowns, things like that. And you're enter- you're walking in here against one of the least athletic dudes in the middleweight division, and that part of Dumas's game was just gone. Like he did not have any of the technique in his grappling game to put that on Fremd at all. Yeah, his uh his striking was giving me pause when he was he was getting Fremd to react horribly, yeah. and he kept yeah. getting him to turn away. And I mean, he he was walking him right into a head kick. Like he just had to throw it, mm-hmm. but he wasn't making those reads, and he never capitalized on it. Yeah, and it's it just showing his how how raw he is and how he's not ready for this level because it's not going to get easier. No, no, this is this was the easiest entry he could get. You know, Treshawn yeah. Gore has been losing and getting shut out on his way through the UFC middleweight division. And Fremd was his big ticket to like get a win. Yeah, and Gore is a sim like a, another really really raw fighter. So definitely should be a wake up moment for Dumas. Who, yeah, he just needs he needs to work on a lot of stuff. All right, that brings us to a bantamweight bout: Victor Henry, Tony Gravely, and uh, or Gravely, and. Um, or is it Gravely? I always forget. Tony Gravely, I think. It's Gravely. Yeah, Tony Gravely. And uh, credit to Gravely, he made this fight a lot closer than I thought he would. He did. I figured it would start close, and Gravely did well. Really, or he did well in the first round, and then we saw the fight I kind of expected in round two, where Henry just suddenly turned it up 
and Gravely was not at all ready to adjust. But then Gravely came back in the third round and was just landing with power, and Henry kind of burned his own gas tank with that second round, and it made the second, the third round a really close one. So Yeah, pretty close fight. Very close uh, fight. One definitive round, which was Henry's. I am not at all surprised that Henry could both get a 30-27 on one card and lose a 29-28 on another card. It was that <laughs> kind of fight. Right, yeah. Um, Henry's just, his style is so tough to deal with. Yeah. He's, he's just this this avalanche of volume. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're not going to, if you're not going to make your your strikes count and you're not going to sting and do damage to the point where it's noticeable and it's going to make a difference and offset the whatever the strike differential is, I mean, you're in trouble, dude. You, you have to hurt them. You have yeah. to hurt these volume guys. And they're going to – they throw so much volume that they're going to give you chances to hit them. Yeah. But you really just have to make it – you really have to make those those moments count. Yeah. yeah. It's like we're talking about with DeVos really in the main event. That is, that is the modern way that MMA is going. That is the way that guys are evolving and, tra- and training and changing is – I'm going to throw like 150 strikes in a round and you'd better hurt me because there's no other way you're going to beat me. Yeah. It's the, uh, the Ben Rothwell approach. I'll call mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Rothwell, truly a trailblazer in the heavyweight division. <laughs> That's right. True, that brings true volume, a volume near. <laughs> that brings us to a, uh, women's flyweight bout. And, uh, so a guy on Twitter, I think his name is uh, Rafael Garcia. I want to say, maybe I'm I'm getting that wrong. I'm I'm remembering dimly, but he wrote a piece this week saying that, and he took some heat from it, saying Ariane Lipsky was the fighter to watch this week because basically, you know, in, in his in his frame was she was a top prospect who is in desperate need to show something, you know, danger of getting cut. This is her this is her moment to try and course correct her career. And a lot of people are like uh whatever, you know. Even me, I saw that and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a take. I get it, but like Aldrich is just going to win, so what are you what are you wasting your words for? <laughs> and goddamn, if Ariane Lipsky did not show up and have the best fight of her career. Yeah, no kidding. this was best case scenario for her. Well, for yeah. one, JJ looked flat right away. She looked flat right away. No question. She but, looked flat and she wasn't winning the lead leg battle. When you have yeah. Southpaw versus an orthodox fighter, you really need to be winning that lead leg. If you're looking to box, you need to be which JJ was and usually is. She has to win that lead leg, lead leg battle and she wasn't. Yeah. The the big thing though for Lipsky was she just maintained range. And this has been the thing for her her whole career that has been a huge problem. Is that she lands a punch or two, is like, oh, that looked like it really hurt the, the this person. I'm gonna go nuts. I'm just gonna wade in and go nuts. Or this person's walking me down, I'm gonna stand my ground, put my chin up, and just throw bombs. Like even a fight ago against uh what's her name priscilla, uh, priscilla cachoeira she just squared up and just 
started trading hooks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and in this fight, every time Aldrich stepped back, Lipsky stepped forward. Every time Lipsky stepped, or every time Aldrich stepped forward, Lipsky stepped back. She just kept that middle distance where she was both faster and more powerful. And she forced Aldrich to come to her with her shots. And at that point, like Lipsky is a good, she is a good athlete. She is an elite level athletic talent, which is why people were hyped on her when she got signed. You can make, you know, an, an athlete like that can make reads. They get, there's no reason that she shouldn't be able to stuff takedowns from people. And, yeah. and I, I like how she was also, she was stuffing the takedowns. And even if JJ would get a good entry, she yeah. would still pummel. She would still, you know, throw knees up the midsection. She had something waiting for her. Yeah. It never seemed like, like, um, she never, she, she never seemed out of sorts or like she didn't know what to do once JJ got in on her hips. Yeah. She looked complete. She looked really complete out there, and she styled on JJ. Yeah, it she was, made her look bad. It was a great fight. It is cl- easily the best showing of lip, the most complete showing. Because you know she she knee barred the hell out of Luana Carolina, and you know things, she's had finishes in her career and stuff like that. But this is the time, the the first time that it's ever been like, oh, you've got a good, solid, well rounded, well trained opponent in front of you. And you don't look like you're just about to burn it all down and throw the fight away. No, she actually commanded the fight. Yeah. Really impressive from her. Exciting to see if for those of us who are still holding out a little hope for the uh, Queen of Islands there. The Queen of Violins? Yeah, the Queen of Violins uh, really, you know, plays a mean fiddle. Anyway, terrible. All right, that that brings us to a flyweight bout. Bruno Silva, Tyson Nam. This is my moment to grow. If 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 uh, that last fight, me talking about you know being dismissive of Lipsky, is my my moment of humility, this is my time to crow because on the vivisection this week, not only did I pick Bruno Silva, I also said I think he's like one of the most unheralded, underrated guys in the UFC. Somebody nobody thinks about, you know, you're talking about like, oh, cool fighters. I love to watch. Nobody's talking about flyweight Bruno Silva. True. And he he went out there. He he must be a longtime listener, I'm assuming. He took has my to be. Heart. Has to be. And he, he was our first patron. That's right. He, and he fucking showed up. He absolutely blasted Tyson Nam out there. <laughs> he froze him in time with that up kick. Oh man, yeah. Did you see that like faces of up kick that's going around of like the BJ Penn, the Frankie Edgar, and now Tyson right. Nam is on there too. Yeah. Did they already make it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. This was this was and, and he 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 Choked him unconscious afterwards. Yeah. Just to throw a little cherry on top. The man is a thrilling fighter and a hell of a finisher at flyweight. He he had a couple rough losses in there. People kind of dismiss him from that. It's flyweight. People kind of overlook that. Wins over JP Bays, Victor Rodriguez. Sorry, boy. Vic, we love you. Um, Vic. 
but they don't mean that much. So I think a lot of people were just kind of like, yeah, yeah, Bruno Silva, whatever. He's a dude who fights at flyweight. I don't care. But yeah, but hey, if you show me flyweights with with finishing instincts, and I'm showing up. Yeah, and a dude I'm showing that, up regardless. But you know what I mean with power in his hands too, not just finishing instincts, but who can like actually crack people with with strikes and hit submissions and stuff like that. And he's a good counter puncher. He's a creative, dynamic fighter when he's on the front foot. He can grapple. He's he just can a be elusive dude. on the back foot. Yeah. yeah, pretty damn rounded. He he's just a fun dude, so I'm I'm glad to see him show up big in this one and get a fun win. Yeah, he gets a gold star. Absolutely. That brings us to finally a catchweight bout, a well what was supposed to be a welterweight bout, but Jared Gooden missed weight by seven pounds. It's short notice. We give him a give him a little pass. Uh Carlston Harris, Jared Gooden, and um took a little longer to get to where it was gonna go than I thought, but Overall, it got there, which is just that <laughs> Harris is just a little too wild and dynamic and does too much stuff for Gooden to walk him down and punch him a bunch, which is pretty much Gooden's whole game. Yeah, this reminded me of like a gym beef, you know, yeah. you guys are talking shit and they, they finally throw the gloves are on to spar it out and then they come out and, you know, they'll they'll brawl for a second. But yeah, I mean, yeah. As soon as the better grapplers, you know, changes gears, it's pretty much over. Yeah. But this uh, it, was a it, horrible fight. It was a pretty bad fight. If there had been a moment in this fight where, like, Gooden had grabbed on to, Jer- to, to Harris's T-shirt and Harris had clocked him with, like, the, a wild looping right hand as the shirt's getting pulled off over his head, it, in spirit, that, that was what was happening in this fight. Yeah. Poor Paul Fitt. Elder too, man. I can't imagine being such a, a um, proficient striker having to sit there and, and watch these guys just in this just ugly brawl. Yeah, well, Poor Paul. He, these 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 people, especially the commentary dudes, they are degenerates of the highest order. They get yeah. off on this stuff. They're you know we're deep in. We think we're deep in the muck. The Felder Felder actually went out there and fought dudes for a living, like. He's got no compunction about like watching just like the most low low grade violence he can find. Well, he didn't seem too thrilled about the the striking caliber that was in front of him. You could hear the disdain in his voice. Yeah. All right. On that note, that wraps us up. You can find me on Twitter at the Zane Simon. You can find Eddie on Twitter at the Eddie Mercado. You can find both of us over at bloodyelbow.com. Give us a like, subscribe to our podcast over on our podcasts over on Bloody Oprah Presents on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We'll be back in one week's time for UFC 286, Usman versus Edwards 3. And uh, that should be a good one. So thanks, everyone, and we'll see you then. Just a little reminder that you could support the MMA vivisection, the MMA depressed us, and the sixth round post fight show simply by going to patreon.com slash MMA vivisection. With three different tiers ranging from $3 to $7, it's incredibly easy to show support to your favorite analysts, Zane, Connor, Eddie, and Phil. So if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider us. Thank you so much. Bill Fay is editorial writing. Mm-hmm. 
And um, doing editorial writing, there's always a question of, is there a squeeze on you? What are you, you going to say? You know, do, do we have, you know, financial backers who are also in bed with the UFC or Bellator? You can't say this. You can't mm-hmm. say that. And that's something that I always love about Bloody Elbow is that, you know, it, like, like for me, Bloody Elbow is like the only remaining blog. And that sounds like a diss to a lot of people, especially in a journalistic sense, but I mean it in the best way possible. Because I know for a fact that almost every person who makes a decision in this sport, whether it's someone from the UFC, from Bellator, from one championship, Ryzen, people who work for athletic commissions, they read Bloody Elbow every day. Every fucking day. And for me, it feels kind of like the last bastion where people can... I, I don't think it's the only good source of MMA editorial writing, but it feels like, for me, the last bastion of MMA editorial writing where people can just be honest. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, exclusive fighter interviews, show money, guest podcasts, and the Hey Not The Face podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. Thank you all for your ongoing support in our journey to take Bloody Elbow independent. Please subscribe today to BloodyElbow.substack.com. With your support, we can continue to provide you with your best source of MMA content 24-7-365. Thanks so much for listening.